today. And thank you, David, for taking us through Psalm 145. And if you have your Bible, you may want to have it open, but also you have your card on the chair. And today, um, one of the things that we do as a church every year is focus on a, a particular verse of Scripture that we can think about during the year, pray about. And in fact, the one on the left on the banner, see, I'm doing a new thing. That was ours from a couple of years ago. And this year, um, you have your card with the verse of the year um, for us to consider. So please take that home, put it on your fridge or whatever. Great is the Lord. He is worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. It's verse 3 of that Psalm 145. I wonder how many of us watched um, the World Cup or some of the World Cup. I just caught Alex in the distance over there. I'm sure he'd have been glued to it. Um, if you're like me, you're not really that interested in football. But even I was drawn to watching a few of the England games and watching the final as well. It was such a build-up, wasn't it? Although I know that in the UK, um, a lot of people kind of lost a bit of interest after um, England, you know, went out. But um, uh, so the final, um, as you know, was between France and Argentina. Mbappe playing for France and Messi playing for Argentina. I really felt for those guys. The pressure on them was enormous, wasn't it? Um, you know, they were singled out as kind of they were going to make or break this, this game. All eyes were on them. And in the end, as you're probably aware, uh, Argentina won. Uh, Mbappe was actually got the Golden Ball Award. Um, he scored eight goals, I believe, For correct me if I'm wrong, um, eight through the, the tournament um, or the World Cup or whatever you call it in football, um, and one more than Messi, and he got the silver. Our world is full of comparisons, isn't it? Who comes top in class? Who wins the BAFTA awards? Which supermarket has the biggest market share? Um, who's the top of the squash league? Um, who wins the bake-off, the fastest, the brightest, the top in class? We're full of comparisons. As we start this year, um, I guess many people in the room would call themselves Christians. Um, some of you may have come, you're not sure what you believe. You've maybe come with a friend or whatever. Um, but for many of us, we would say we believe in God and we're followers of Jesus. Our verse of the year, great is the Lord, he is worthy of praise, no one can measure his greatness, reminds us that we build our lives, the foundations of our faith, we have our feet firmly placed, set on God, the God, the one who is most worthy. The New Living Translation says he is most worthy of praise. There is no comparison. There is no one else like God. He is in a class of his own. No one is in his league. <clears throat> it's not a pick and mix, folks. It's not, you know, we'll get we'll take Jesus because we kind of quite like what he offers. And then we'll have a bit of well, I like that bit of Buddhism on the side and I like um Baha'i offers quite a bit, and, uh, or any other belief system or obsession or something else that we worship, which may be consumerism, um, it may be our career progression, 
something else that we devote ourselves to. Friends, God is in a class of his own. There is no comparison. That's what the Bible teaches us. Isaiah 45, um, I'm wondering if we can, um, is there some, let me just see if I can, says, Isaiah 45, thanks guys, um, I am the Lord, there is no other God, verse 5 to 6 of that chapter in Isaiah, I have equipped you for battle, though you don't even know me, so that all the world, east from east to west, will know there is no other God, I am the Lord, and there is no other. It's pretty emphatic, isn't it? What God says about himself. There's no one else in the competition for the Golden Ball Award. There is no other God on the red carpet. Hebrews 1 states um, that... Let me just... Sorry. says that God upholds the universe... By the word of his power, Hebrews 1. Friends, there's no competition. He is the only God who created and sustains, who saves and delivers. And the psalmist here in our verse, for us to focus on this year, is stating, great is the Lord. He is most worthy. He's just the top of the pile. Remember Isaiah, there is no other. Therefore, we should praise him. Why? Because no one can measure his greatness. No one can measure his greatness. Take this box. Tina kindly brought some things to our house in this box. Edible, nice Romanian honey cake. Um, And uh, I wonder how much you think you could fit in this box well, if we could t- had time, you know, we could work it out. How do you measure greatness, though? Is it in litres? I think they sell boxes in litres, don't they? Uh, in grams, in euros? How do we measure greatness? What could we fit in here? How do we measure God's greatness? I wonder if many of us have a box that we keep God in. Maybe a box like this. Or maybe it's, a, maybe it's a bigger box. Maybe it's quite a big box. But I wonder if we have a box in the kind of God compartment of our lives. Maybe, as I say, have different sizes of God boxes in ourselves. Nevertheless, we may have maybe limited the greatness of God to our box size. Knowing who he is and seeing him at work in our, in, in our lives, we've contained in a box. Our, vo- our verse says that no one can measure his greatness. His greatness, God's greatness, cannot be contained in a box. Perhaps some of us are content to... Uh, experience God's greatness within a box. It's really a bit like um, a swimming pool. If you have a very nice house with a garden pool, a pool in your garden for swimming in, um, there's, it's probably not that huge a pool, is it? 
in a, in a, in a garden. Um, and the edges of the pool are quite near to one another. And it's great to be in the water, particularly on a warm day, but we can't go very far, can we? We can't go far. I wonder um, at Christmas if you sang the carol in the bleak midwinter. Um, because Christine Rossetti wrote, Our God, heaven cannot hold him, nor earth contain. Heaven and earth shall flee away when he comes to reign. And this morning, we actually started early, earlier, we sang indescribable, uncontainable. Do you remember we sang that earlier? Uncontainable. We cannot contain God in a box. This God... Our God can't be contained in the whole universe. He himself created it and sustains it. So his greatness cannot be contained in any of our God boxes. As I thought about the way that I sometimes limit God, I began to think about, well, how, how would we diagnose if we, if I am trying to cram God's greatness into a box in my life? What might the symptoms be of that? Just a, as a doctor diagnoses something. And I wonder about suggesting one or two things, a list of symptoms of having a secret God box. Um, let's look at one or two of them. I wondered if, I, if we are ruffled when God works in a way that we hadn't expected, in a way that we hadn't predicted, when the Holy Spirit seems to move in a way, perhaps somebody has a word, a prophetic word or something, and we thought, oh, yeah, I didn't expect that. I don't think we should be doing that in our church. Um, Maybe when Chris, our previous minister, left, well, you know, well, how can that be of God? You know, we, we question who God is, the greatness of God. When God works in a way outside of this great God that we've tried to cram into our God box. I wonder if that's you it's, or me. How about when God allows things that I hadn't foreseen or, in fact, wanted in my life. Perhaps that illness. Perhaps being made redundant. Perhaps the loss of your long-time spouse. You know, we hadn't factored it into our understanding of the greatness of God when God allows those things. Or how about... When God has the audacity, and sometimes I think we do treat God like that, the audacity to bless, use, or work through other people that you don't rate, that you don't think are worthy. Why on earth would God choose them? This doesn't fit into the shape of our God box. Or how about when he doesn't answer prayer the way that I would like? We have a, an unspoken, uh, unresolved way we think of how God should answer a particular prayer. 
and he chooses not to do it that way. Friends, I wonder if any of those symptoms of having a God box in our life um, is the way that we catch ourselves thinking from time to time. And I think if we're honest with ourselves that most of us sometimes feel some of those things. Perhaps at the start of this year, we need to examine ourselves and think about our view about God, this great God. No one, absolutely no one, can measure his greatness. That's what the Bible teaches us. He cannot be contained in our little boxes. No one can measure his greatness. Perhaps this year is a a year when we began to dismantle our internal boxes, which contain this great God, and we let him loose. I've used this story before. Many will know the story of the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, but I think it's so great. It's so good. And Susan asks about Aslan, the lion, who, of course, for C.S. Lewis that wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is a picture of God, who God is. And Susan says, is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. And Mr. Beaver says to Susan... He isn't safe, says Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. That's what Mr. Beaver said to Susan. Mr. Beaver was trying to help her to see that she could totally trust this lion Aslan because he was good. What is inviting this greatness of our God to have full sway in our individual lives mean? What does it actually mean for me? Because maybe some of us are fearful about opening up um, our boxes or inviting this limitless God, the one no one can measure, to take full control of our lives. We might be fearful of what he would require or expect of us well be prepared God always will exceed our expectations of him he may work in ways we don't quite expect but he will always have more grace greater joy the reassurance of his love and his power and he is good We're not unleashing a ravaging lion that's out to destroy us. God is good. Ephesians 3, verse 20, says that God is able to do immeasurably more. We cannot measure the moreness of what God wants to do, friends, in our lives and in our church this year. More than all we could ask or imagine is what... um, Paul writing to the church in Ephesus says, we cannot measure his greatness, but he will work in his way. He's not safe, but he's always good. He cannot not be good. You with me? He just can't not be good because that is the nature of who God is. And his mighty power, Ephesians tells us, is at work within us. If we allow him, if we invite him, we will see his greatness. 
And what about for us as a church family together as we enter 2023? It's been lovely, hasn't it, this morning to gather around the Lord's table as family. Uh, yes, a bit of jiggling around with chairs. Actually, you're all looking remarkably all back in your rows. I kind of imagine people being all over the place. So well done. Great to share as family together. But what does God have in store for us? This great, no one can measure his greatness. God, what does he have in store for us as a church family this year? Are we expectant of God working in great ways amongst us? Love, um, David and I hadn't, you know, um, liaised, but the, the, the picture of the wineskins and the new wine that God wants to pour into our lives. Are we ready for that? Or are we content with that old chamois leather that David was holding up? I wonder... God invites us to experience more of his greatness this year, friends. To enter into praise together. To move out of the small swimming pool with the small lengths into the vastness and an ocean of his grace and his goodness, friends, today. With or without a pastor, small or large in number, it doesn't matter. One way you could, we could begin is that in our times of prayer and praise, you heard already that we have a, a special time of prayer and praise tonight, just seven till eight, together as a church family. doesn't matter if you've never been before, you can't come every time, you know, come and join us. Why not come along? He is worthy of our praise. So let's come and pray together that we experience his greatness in this coming year. Friends, I believe that what God does among us this year, in and through us in 2023, is linked to us being available for God to increasingly work in his power among us. Just take a moment, examine your heart. Are you letting a fear of Aslan and safety rob you of seeing his goodness at work in full measure among us? If so, let's confess that. You know, be honest, God knows our hearts. We, we don't have to hide how we feel from God. He knows us intimately. And ask God to make us ready for whatever he wants to do in our lives and in our church this year. Do you remember that children's song, um, Our God is a Great Big God? You know, I'm not going to do the actions as well as Pippa did. But, and he holds us in his hand, and the chorus says, how wonderful to be a part of God's amazing plan. Do we really believe that, that God calls us to be part of his amazing plan? He wants to work his greatness out among us. Are we willing to step forward and be part of that? What might it look like? It might mean stepping out of your comfort zone. It might mean saying yes to an opportunity in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in the church, to be willing to make yourselves available and with support to perhaps get involved in some new ministry or some ministry the church is engaged in. Or maybe it's just simply befriending a person alongside you at work or in your neighborhood or the person sitting next to you in church. Rest assured, friends, this is all about his greatness. You don't have to be great. Thank the Lord for that. 
We're not, I'm not, but it's about his greatness. Great is the Lord. He is worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. We're going to be exploring more about the greatness of God in these coming weeks. Um, We'll be working through a book, and again, we sang this today, Incomparable. We sang this morning, okay? This book is called Incomparable, and we're going to be looking at this in the coming weeks, and we'll have copies available. So put a tenner in your back pocket and come along in the coming Sundays and, and purchase a copy. We'll have them available because we're going to be focusing on the first part. For those of you that think, oh my goodness, we're not reading the book, are we? Um, They're really short chapters, okay? Like literally, I'm going to show you here, here, and here the chapter, okay? Really short chapters, but really great. And we want to focus on this incomparable great God who's worthy of our praise. Folks, we're just going to take a moment to pray. I'm going to give a moment of quiet so that we can just maybe think, have I not realized I've got a box? Have I been trying to cram God into that box? Am I still not really talking to God because he didn't do it the way I thought he should do it? Let's take a moment to pray. And then I'll lead us. And then we'll sing. Father, if we're honest before you, we, we sometimes just have ourselves at the center of our lives. We shape the box and we expect that you sit in the box that we've made. That you do it our way. And we're sorry, God, because we recognize your holiness and your greatness this morning. You are above and beyond. You're uncontainable. You're incomparable. No one can measure your greatness. And so we bow in worship and we confess our need for you. Help us, God, to open our boxes where we limit you to more of your fullness at work in our lives, individually and together. God, we sing, come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Come and do that, Lord Jesus, we pray, that together we would see more of your greatness, we would see more of your power at work in our lives and through our lives. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would be glorified, you would be magnified, you would be made great among us, because you are worthy, and we praise you. Amen.